When you enter into the business world with a strong passion for a product or service you want to put out there, you obviously want to make money. Well, that should at least be one of your driving forces. But there are often many little financial things that you don't know you need to know, like when you should register for GST and what type of resources and grants are out there to support you. And, you know, the difference between a bookkeeper, bass agent and tax accountant. Today, I'm chatting with Joanne Brooker from Penguin Bookkeeping about some of this key financial information. And I promise it's all explained in a very easy to understand way. Let's jump in into the episode. Welcome to the Marketing Me podcast. If you're eager to grow your health and wellness business via effective marketing methods while maintaining your own health and wellness, this podcast is for you. The show features a beautiful blend of guest and solo episodes covering marketing and business growth topics, as well as ways to improve your physical, mental, and emotional self. I'm your host, Leanne Shelton, and I run a health and wellness copywriting agency while also offering content marketing training. So whether you're keen to outsource or DIY, my team at Right Time Marketing is here for you. Either way, we'll ensure your message is seen and heard by your ideal client. If you're keen to connect, feel free to book in a free 15-minute chat after listening to today's episode. The details are in the show notes. And today, I'm joined by my guest, Joanne Brooker. Welcome, Joanne. Welcome. Nice to see you, Leanne. Great to have you along. So, Joe is my bookkeeper, and before that, I did know her for a little while through the Sydney Hills Business Chamber, uh, and now we're neighbours. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, at Foundational Business Center. So it's good to just kind of pop your head in every now and again and say hi. Um, so I'll just read out your bio just for anyone who doesn't know who you are. So Joe is a bookkeeping professional who's been in business at Penguin Bookkeeping for 15 years. She has experience in multiple softwares and industries and plenty of knowledge acquired from previous corporate roles in purchasing and supply change management. So Joanne's seen it all when it comes to managing accounts of the small businesses. She originally started the business to have flexibility around the family with her business name being a constant reminder of her why. And before we go any further, I want to ask you about that. Do you want to explain? (laughs) Of course. I usually tell people I'm not dyslexic. The spelling of penguin is actually P-E-N-G-W-E-N for my daughters that are Penelope and Gwendolyn. And of course, you get that little play, penguin books, bookkeeping, any little way that you you want to take it. But um, they are my they are my why. They're my pains at times, as we all know. But when yeah, that's why I'm here. It's why I get up and do things every day. But it's lovely to be able to um to do things with them as well. Yeah, and I know that, like, for example, after this interview, you're going to go pick them up from school, and so it helps you stay hands-on and be yes. mum as well as someone else with a different <laughs> hat. It also helps me with businesses where, especially in small businesses, it is usually family-run, and you, and there is usually somebody that's very hands-on on the tools because they're a great technician, and then there's usually somebody, it's just like, you do that, off you go, can you fit it in around? And I want to make sure that, the whole family is actually in this business in a healthy environment. 
Yeah, so you got to practice what you preach, right? So you're like, I'm helping you have this healthy <laughs> work-life balancing, so I better do it as well. Uh, <laughs> I'm the same. Um, so tell me, when does someone need a bookkeeper? Like right at the beginning of the business journey or is it somewhat further in? I would say initially right at the beginning because as soon as you start in business or even before you think about starting in business, you're going to go and meet people and they're, and you might pay for some consultations and some fees of setting things up. And those are expenses that you can claim. And to have somebody that you can go to and say, great, how can I actually make sure that I, I run this properly and make sure that I pick up all my expenses without picking up all my personal stuff as well? So go through to a bookkeeper, just link in with them and just say, what is out there for me and how how can I set things up to make it run for me? Give you some training in how to use any the software that you pick that's best for you. And just be there as a slightly different person to the accountant as well as some um, just somebody that go to pick up the phone with the account. So once you're up and running and you've got training, off you go. We won't for small businesses for for initially, we won't need to see you then until you suddenly say, hey. Things are growing. Now, then what's next? Yeah. <laughs> so you don't have to fumble around with your, your QuickBooks or Zero on your own. You can go to someone who can help you understand it all properly. You know, I've, I've had that issue in the past. Going, my, my yeah, tax accountant's like, what are you doing, Leanne? What's this all mean? <laughs> and asking all these questions, I have no idea. So it's good going to, yeah, like Joanne yeah. to say, can you like def- decipher what he said and then <laughs> go back and explain? Because I, because, it goes over my head. Um, so just that, even that middle person between the two, right? It's a come yeah. tax time. Yeah. And I mean, accounting software at the moment, I mean, there's everywhere I turn, there's adverts on the radio, on TV for Myob, for Zero, for QuickBooks. And they're all saying, how easy is this? I mean, one lady was dancing across the keyboard and I'm like, right, I'm just going to wait for her bookkeeper to come along and say, you think you've done it all. Now let's go and look at the reality. Yeah, you'd think it's easy because if this is created by financial people, for them it's straightforward. But for someone, <laughs> look, you know, I know I recently I shared a post and I'm changing my money story. I keep saying I'm not a numbers person, but I'm changing that. But it, it is a bit more effort for me to understand this stuff. And yeah. so you can't always assume, you know, you always make an ass of you and me that people are going to get it, even the basic stuff. Totally. <laughs> and the amount of times where I get clients will ring me up and say, hi, Joe, how you going? I've just seen the accountant. Can you t- can you explain what they meant by this? Yeah, <laughs> it's not just and me I'm then. Like, <laughs> you've just come out of the meeting where you're in the ideal situation to ask them what they mean and let them know you don't understand it. No, but they call me. <laughs> it's because they just speak a whole different language, and you feel stupid asking <laughs> the questions. Like I don't feel as stupid asking you because I feel like you can, <laughs> thank you. Um, no, because like I feel I can relate to you. So I think that's probably a bookkeeper is a little bit more relatable, a bit more closer to the ground. Of I don't know, is that what it is? You think? I don't know. I think so. Also. There's a great analogy I heard years ago from another bookkeeper um, is to, and I guess it jumps forward to sort of down the track as you get bigger. Why do you need a bookkeeper when you're growing? So your accountant there is normally a tax accountant. They do your business return. They do your personal. They might look after your self-managed super. And they see that family unit bigger picture. Your bookkeeper is looking at your business with their finger on the pulse. 
of your business. And I say that finger on the pulse because it's like going to hospital. Your nurse is the one that's checking you in. How's everything going? Keep in touch with your vital signs, running your reports, making sure things are all matching, etc. Your accountant is the one is your specialist that turns up for his 10 o'clock walk around, <laughs> has a quick look at the form, checks with the nurse. Yep, yeah, great tick. We've got you booked in for surgery. Thank you very much. Here's the bill. That's brilliant. I love analogy. Yes, that is 100%. And, and not, to, not to put down accountants, they are brilliant at that high level work and fitting in a saying, we're doing this on this particular part of your body today because they've looked at all the other aspects to know that this is what needs doing now. Yeah, everyone plays that role. Like we definitely yeah. need the nurse and you definitely need that specialist to know 100% yeah. which part to operate on. Uh- <laughs> and sometimes you can actually work on yourself and be healthy and keep your finger on your pulse yourself and do your checking yourself. Yeah. But sometimes you need help. Yeah, you can't take your own blood. Um, <laughs> okay, go, go too far, yeah. Um, so, well, I can't. I would pass out if I just, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so what are some typical mistakes business owners make in regards to the finances when they start or even when they start to start to grow? Um, I guess the first one, which is why I say get somebody to help you set the software up, is that most people, when they're using the software, they they follow what the, they've been told to do. They say your bank tran- link your bank transactions coming in, allocate them all, and great, you're done. Everything's reconciled. Oh, look, happy smiley face. What I want you to do if you do your own books is from that, have a look at what the software says that your bank balance is and ha- match it to the bank balance on your statement because sometimes it doesn't match. And it, it could be a case of, that you've allocated some a payment in there that's been paid by cash, but you've just said, yeah, I've got to get all my expenses in there and push them in. Or the bank actually crashed for a day and the, and the actual bank transactions didn't get pushed through. And I think that's the biggest thing I find when I first come on board is people say, I've, everything's reconciled and I print the balance sheet and I print the bank statement. I say, they don't match. <laughs> yeah, I used to think reconciled just meant, I've checked it. Yeah, that looks right. Tick. <laughs> Happy smiley face off I go dancing across the keyboard. Yes. <laughs> Please try us at home, everyone. Um, <laughs> it's the, it's the, the accountant's equivalent of tap dancing for a plumber. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So um, yeah. That's the biggest mistake. And I say it, if you, if you think you've got everything right, just double check that. But the next one is when to register for you. Well, you don't know what you don't know. You're happily going along and everything's good and your accountant has said you're fine as a sole trader and you don't need to worry about GST. And all of a sudden, you've suddenly gone to do your tax return and business has been booming so much. It's like you should have registered six months ago. Oops. So GST is actually, um, when you have to register for it, it's your 75,000 gross earnings. So you've invoiced for 75000 Not Don't worry about your expenses, just what have you invoiced out? And when that hits 75000 for the current and last 11 months, not financial year, not calendar, the current and the Ooh. last 11 months, yes. then you have to register within 20, or you should do within 21 days. So don't suddenly think at the moment, oh, great, hang on a minute, what will be 17th of June? So I'm just going to date your podcast yeah. <laughs> um, and say, great, I haven't hit 75,000, so I now start again in July. No, you have to look back in July. You, you keep moving it. 
keep those 12 months moving and keep an eye on it. So, and then when you do register, that's when you need your bookkeeper to come back in and talk to you. Yeah. So you don't have to do it right up front. You just kind of just keep an eye on the finances and just do it when you need to, basically. Because I have heard the whole, um, back when I was considering, I was just kind of delving full time into my business that I was told, oh, if you register for GST, even if you're not making that money, it makes you look bigger than you are. And that's a good thing, but it's probably not going to help you really, is it? <laughs> it's, it is a perception thing. Yeah. Um, that, um, yes, you're big enough to be charging. But I think nowadays people don't care. Mm. Doing business with the person. Yeah. Um, and they're not looking how big or how small you are. And they're realizing that, hey, your lifestyle is suiting what your supply is suiting what I need. Yeah, I mean, definitely this day and age, people are more open to it, just the same mm. as like working from home. You know, once yeah. if you worked from home, your business, you wouldn't be taken serious whatsoever. But now yeah. it's like the norm, right? Yeah. Um, thanks for the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously a lot more women with it, you know, children going to business as well. And so that's just yeah. the reality. So that's the thing. If you know that you're never going to reach that limit, don't put that expense on yourself of having to do your activity because you have to then do what they term business activity statement, best statements every quarter, or if you're minor, then they might allow you to do it annually. But usually you've got that expense to do it every quarter and it's another pressure and add-on. Yeah. So I know I've been told, like my tax account basically said for the best, just put aside a small percentage every month or whatever that so you don't get any surprises because that's probably yeah. a big thing. Um, and so yeah. I think he told me to put like 25% of whatever I earned that month aside, another mm-hmm. account or whatever for Bass, and I've never needed that much. So yeah. then you've got extra spending money, which you can put back you into your business or into your family or whatever. Yes, because you don't, I mean, there's other expenses as well, that as the business grows, you're going to have, we're in business to make money. So at the end of 12 months and you do your tax return, you're hoping that the company has made money and you actually have to pay tax. Mm. So you want to make sure that money's already there. Mm. If you set up as a as a proprietary limited company and you are an employee, you've got superannuation, you've got the PA with YG withheld from your the money that the company has paid you. So yeah, that 25% is a great way of also making sure you've got that rainy day vault fund as well yeah it doesn't hurt like it's always been nice having extra then i go oh okay i have to pay three grand now i'm like that's okay i've got that sitting there it's all good and then transfer it over and i do and i like i personally like to have a number of different accounts and as soon as it comes in i split it a few different ways and then i'm only working on what's here and if if my if my current transaction account starts dropping it's like oh hang on a minute where am i sitting at yeah. Because the rest of it is my my cash chest, war chest for when I need something. Yeah, yeah. So on that note, yeah, so what kind of, uh, I think, that, is that from like Barefoot Investor and Profit First or something about the different yeah, accounts? Yes, the Profit First is the very, I mean, the Barefoot Investor, he he just sort of like has his little jars, but Profit mm. First is very much a, um, you have to work on certain percentages and move them across and do, do everything. Um, anybody who's a Profit First, branded professional I think has to pay about $800 a month to be call themselves that right so they really do know the ins and outs of the system um but it's um 
yeah, one of those things that you can sit down and you can work out or work out with your bookkeeper (laughs) just what you need to put aside and always keep putting it aside. Yeah, fantastic. Are are there any other resources that you recommend? Is there any like government sites or anything like that people should look at? Yes, because I mean, I guess GST is a whole big, whole big area of things. Mm. Um, And my I hate to say it, my favourite website is the um, the ato.gov.au website. What an exciting site. <laughs> oh, I know. I, I sound so sad, but, yeah. hey, one of us has to like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll hand that over to you kindly, Joe. But it is, it, you know what? With that website, you can go in about your business and say, well, hang on a minute, I'm unsure with GST where I'm where I need to be. And there are areas where you can go in there just personally and look things up or as a business or as a not-for-profit and you go in into your specific tab and then you suddenly start reading things and it'd be like, I don't understand what this means, but I think this actually relates to me. Um, and so it's you're a business owner. You've got to take ownership to go and look for these things. Yes. Um, but it is a great one, especially where it comes to GST, because it's not a straight 10% on everything. Well, what do you mean? <laughs> oh, so, so now we've grown you big enough to, that you're going to register for GST. Um, so you're registered for GST. And as long as you're not providing certain services like healthcare um, and those types of things, you have to charge GST on 10% on everything you invoice. However, the invoices you receive in from suppliers and your expenses might not have GST on them. Mm. So... Um, you buy water for the office, bottled water, yeah, in, in recyclable bottles, of course. Of course. Of course. Um, but at the same time as you're buying that, you're going to buy a packet of biscuits for when, when you have meetings and you get the receipt from Coles or Woolies or wherever and you just think, okay, so I've just spent $15. I'm going to put that as an expense, including GST. Water is GST, free biscuits aren't. So that receipt has oh. to be split into two different lines. Oh, okay. Oh my gosh! Right. <laughs> but the, the biscuits—it's sustenance. <laughs> no, it's the It's okay to claim it because it's a genuine. If you're having meetings and you want to supply something like that, it's it's okay to claim it. Yeah. But you have to just not take that receipt and say pull it in your accounts just to say right. I've spent fifteen dollars, ten percent GST. You have to look at that receipt or know those types of things. I mean, wow. one of the interesting ones I found when GST first came into effect that um, throws most people. My daughters like cheese and bacon rolls from the bakers. Okay, not quite a business expense, but <laughs> I buy the cheese and bacon rolls for them from the bakers. They are GST free because it's it's a savory roll from a baker. You go and buy a cheese pizza, it includes GST. They're near enough the same thing. There are bread bites, yeah. a bit of topping, but one has GST and one doesn't. What? So in business, you've got to think of these things. So if you think of, so, so they're, they're just sort of like some of the little things. All insurances don't always have GST on a portion of the um, the fee. Biggest mistake that I see people in doing their own accounts is the telephone bill. Yeah especially if you've actually bought a handset and you're paying it off because your whole bill will not be 10% GST. The actual GST will have been charged on the, the first bill of it and ongoing ones then won't have it. Oh, so don't pull it through okay. your accounts automatically 
without looking at a bill. Wow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <am> I... <laughs> I'm like, I have to check all this stuff now. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't because you have a very good bookkeeper who looks at this for you. I do. I do. She's good. You can concentrate uh... <laughs> on what you do really well. <laughs> oh, okay. Just, yeah, pull me up on that if, if that yeah. happens. Um, so, uh, yeah, okay. So if someone's growing their business, um, they start a sole trader, do you have any tips for moving to company status? Is that like your area? If Okay, when you need anything that is changing the tax structure, that's your accountant. Mm -hmm. There's this line in the sand, and on that side is all tax-related stuff. That's your accountant. Everything else, GST, payroll, that side of it is a BAS agent, a registered BAS agent. I guess that's where I need to make a bit of a difference. Mm -hmm. So your accountant, think of them as your tax accountant. And then you could then that that where tax suddenly says, okay, I want to purchase a vehicle for the business. What's the right structure? Talk to your accountant. I want to change the business structure from a sole trader. Talk to your accountant. And they can do all that. Registering for GST, helping you set up payroll. That's what a registered BAS agent can do. So a bookkeeper, we use the term bookkeeper, but as a BAS agent being able to do those activity statements. We've actually done certain um, levels of education, um, including GST units. We've got 14,000 hours of experience that you have to, sort of 1,400 hours of experience. We've got CPE, continuing professional education every year that we have to attain. And we have to hold insurances to be able to supply that service to you. Yeah, okay. Um, and the tax practitioners board, you can check if you want to engage somebody, whether they are registered because everyone is listed on there. But you can just ask them, what's your BAS agent number? And then you know that you are getting professional help that's got insurance back in them. Yeah. So there is like there is a, a bookkeeper, then there's a bookkeeper yes. BAS agent, and then there's, yeah, yeah. different levels. So just make sure you're getting what you get. What yes. you need. Make, make, yeah. make sure that you're covered because if anything does go wrong you need to make yeah you need to ensure that 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 you they've got your back and that they are professional that they followed the code of conduct um and as i said we've got insurances to cover us for everything mm. so how does the so i haven't dealt with this part yet but hoping to yeah. soon the payroll side what exactly does that mean? How do you help with payroll? Is that just purely we just go, all right, I have an employee now, you just you just pay them, like we still have to do stuff? Oh, I love those people that suddenly say, hey, look, and, and I ask them, what's this money coming out of the account? Oh, that's my new pay, that's my new employee. Yeah. <laughs> and I can see all the HR people cringing as well at this moment of time. It's like, dip, 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 no. <laughs> Because that's more like a contractor, right? Like there's a bit of a ah. difference. Yeah. <laughs> that's another can of worms. Yeah. <laughs> Pay, so if you take on an employee, you've got to set them up properly. You've got to give them at least a letter of offer, something that's in writing. So people, especially recently, they've been talking about the increase in minimum wage and award wages going up. So the modern award is on the fair work t- .gov.au website all the awards are sitting on there um and you cannot employ anybody on less than what they put in the award so there's some basic standards of four weeks annual leave 10 day well depending which um 
state you're in your public paid public holidays for the days you work, etc. Um, so you will you unless you earn over 158,000, everybody's on an award, unless they've already bigger companies will have the old enterprise bargaining agreements and things. So somewhere, something somewhere will say, this is your entitlements. And that's what we need to put into the accounting software to process payroll, report that payroll to the ATO, single touch payroll, another nice terminology that you never knew you needed to know. (laughs) And you need to put money away for super and pay in the POYG. Yes, there's all this extra stuff that needs to be yeah. Yeah, handled in the back end. Yeah, don't, don't knock on the wall and say to the person in the office next door, hey, look, can you come in and give me a hand, $20 an hour cash in hand? Uh, no. <laughs> I can't wait to do it. Because if you spend that money out of your business account, I'm going to pull it to drawings and you're going to have to pay it as um, that you've taken that money out of the business and you can't mm. claim it as an expense. Okay. And if you are agreeing to pay them, which is under the minimum. Um, You then have to pay super on top of that. You need to take off tax before you pay it to them and all sorts of accruals. Whole process. Whole process. So again, that's another touch point. If you've been doing your own books and you suddenly want to employ someone, just have a little training session to make sure things are set up correctly to do that. Yeah. Do you have to upgrade your like your your pay software no, or whatever? You have or to upgrade your software if it hasn't got a all software will have a payroll function, but whether you've actually paid for that section of it or if you grow the number of employees, you might have to increase the number that you can process. Okay. So like to date, I've just gone down the contractor route. Um, So contractor versus employee, I guess contractor, there's a lot less of that back-end stuff. It's purely what I've just been doing. Go, hey, you invoice me for your project. I then pay you just like I was an expense. So it's pretty much more straightforward, right? So it is. And it's fantastic to have to, a true contractor is an asset to your business you can utilize them when you need. They go off and do things when they when you're not when you don't need them. And it is an easy expense on your business. You just have to check that they've got an ABN um, and if they're registered for GST or not, and off they go. Now you one thing to be careful of if certain contractors will have to come under your own workers' comp. Um, most people, I say most people, a lot of professional business use offshore contractors and they don't come under workers' comp. But if you actually have physical contractors that come on site with you and what have you, even though you don't have employees, you still have to have, you still might need to cover them for workers' comp. Okay. So if it's done, yeah, wall work's done remotely, like I have today, I don't have to worry about it. But if I start saying come into the office, I have a desk behind me, then it's different. Yes, but yeah. and even if and and that offsite isn't just a okay, you're offsite, you're definitely a contractor. The ATO is very big on not getting its money. <laughs> Why? <laughs> okay. So if you're paying a contractor who then isn't declaring their income, they're not getting their tax from it. So the ATO over the last couple of years has been really pushing the employee contractor. Um, ruling and there's a couple of there's a very easy um, checklist on their site okay but the main thing is who is responsible for the work so you contract me to do your bookkeeping 
you don't tell me how to do it. You don't tell me any process or specifics within it as to what you want done. We do it. We do the books. We do the bookkeeping. And if there's any errors, it's our responsibility to fix. I'm a contractor. Yeah. If you wanted, you had somebody that wanted to, um, that you brought in and said, right, I want you to come in and do some copywriting. I want you to copyright this. Um, You oversee it. You dictate the the time you dictate the how it's done what software it's used I guess it's harder when I say copyright and it might um but it's not a project specific it's an hourly just ongoing mm. we need these things done or sit there and can you keep scheduling these these promotions it's likely they're more of a employee mm. it's more ongoing regular regular yeah, start charging if, hourly if the if your customer is talking to them, thinking that they're talking to your business, they're more likely an employee. Yeah, that's the thing. If who's responsible for correcting it if it's wrong, and who does the customer think they're dealing with? So same if yeah. So in terms of like yeah, contracting you as a bookkeeper, if I was to then bring a bookkeeper into the business, then I'm then responsible for any errors they make because yeah. even if it's not my area of expertise, they're officially part of they're part of your business. business. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. that's where you've got to be careful. And as I say, the ATO are really big on that at the moment. Um, so there is that checklist. And even some contractors, there'll be genuine contractors, but you still have to pay superannuation for them. So well, uh, I have that situation because I was uh I was it was a contract, but really it was a part-time three-day-a-week role. Yeah. And I was yeah, I called them my first main client. This is when I first started my business. And it went along for a good year or so as a contractor, three days a week, going to the office two days. Mm-hmm. And eventually as an audit done, going, actually, she really is an employee, part-time or even casual employee, whatever, she's yeah. an employee. And I just said, what does it actually mean? They go, don't worry, we'll still pay you the same rate. Honestly, it's just on paper. You're an employee. I'm like, okay, cool. That's, that's good with me. Yeah. Um, so as long as my pay is not changing. So I'm always, yeah, been very mindful of that myself going, all right, is this contract becoming now an employee? And I think there is someone who is starting to be like that. So that's why I'm like, all right, time to switch that, flick yeah. that switch, which is scary. But, you know, um, I, I saw it scary once getting my <laughs> VA and 18 months later, I couldn't live without her. Yeah. Um, and so, thing, yeah. all these things you don't know what mm. you don't know. Yeah. Um, but the ATA has ways of finding out. I, 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 I'm going to scare you with this. They're watching you. <laughs> They're <laughs> they listening are, like Google and Facebook. I, sorry, I don't want everyone to suddenly walk around with tinfoil hats and everything. Yeah. But they are watching you. Yeah. Um, so, for example, let's say that you were running as a sole trader and you were declaring 60,000 income every year. And you live in this beautiful big five bedroom mansion out on the out in the heart of the country, and but you you drive a Porsche. Yeah, you're not registered for GST. Like, oh no, no, you're not registered for GST. I'm only on sixty thousand. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. Okay, the ATO know that car's registered in your name. The ATO will then know whether that car under registration is on finance. So if you've got finance and only declaring 60,000 interest, how did you manage to finance? What are you hiding? Mm, all cash under the table, to, right? That kind of stuff. If you managed to pay for it fully, how? Yeah. 
That's All right, you live in a you live in a suburb where the majority of people have this type of lifestyle. How are you serving that lifestyle on what you're declaring? Mm. These are the things that after a while they will flag to say, let's just keep an eye, and it might be that it gets flagged, and your bank account might get flagged is to say, can you just report back to us total ins and outs? Yeah. And then that bank account will be flagged. And this data matching, it all happens. And that's where the construction industry was very big uh, a number of years ago for cash payments. Yeah, yeah. Any tradies would come to us, hey, yeah, we'll give it cheaper if you do cash and all this kind of stuff. (laughs) But the thing was, so the ATO brought in TPAR, Taxable Payments Annual Report. So if you actually are in a construction business, and this is now extended beyond just construction, but basically it is, so if you contra- if you have contractors in your business, at the end of the year, they want to know the ABN of that contractor and how much you've paid them. And they will data match that ABN to all these different payments everybody said that they've paid you. And then they're going to say, well, hang on a minute, why have you only declared this much income? Mm. Even taking into account potential material that's been included, they'll look at it. So that TPAR is now extended to... Um, career drivers, career um, businesses, commercial cleaners, IT providers, and it will move into even more areas Mm -hmm. as they manage to do it, as as they get onto it. But the the year that first came out in construction, the ATO got another $6 billion in tax revenue. Uh, Oh, my gosh. That's just the the (laughs) How much of the income wasn't? prior to that was being declared wow there you go so So it's all yeah if you're honest then you're fine like if you make honest mistakes that's one thing but you're doing the dodgy that's yeah a whole other thing no i don't want to scare you too much but no there are ways and means and yeah just check with your bookkeeper to check that am i doing all the right things should i be doing something differently and then yeah yeah. and and they have there are benchmarks on the ato website you can go and Mm. see and benchmark your business against similar businesses in that industry Mm. with a similar size to say if i've got this much income how much should i be spending on payroll contractors how much should i be spending on materials what's my operational expenses as to my direct expenses and they'll be banding for it all so if you suddenly are and and i hate to say it you probably actually if if you're showing that you're going out of those bands you're either doing something wrong or you're doing perfectly right Mm. because everybody who's just in those bands have probably read it the 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 rule book and said right I can do this I can move that one I can do that yeah there you go are there any other financial tips you'd like to add for anyone who's yeah starting growing anything like that that people forget or don't know about or anything like that as I said as we've said before make sure you've got your money it's what what comes in is not all yours yeah beware be wary of that and have provision for unexpected expenses have money for growth connect with people financially just connect and chat and and follow information check your local council sites for that there's so many um courses going on for small businesses either in your local business chambers in your in your councils etc they're a great source of information check out your state business websites so the um yeah your new south wales industrial 
websites have some fantastic information and again some free resources that you can gather um yeah check out your state sites yeah for your regos in new south wales if you've got business registration you can actually claim some of that back Ooh. so if you've got um vehicles that are business registered toll some toll fees you can actually get rebates for again i know it's hard when you're out there and it's just put some time aside to start thinking about working on your business. Don't always be in it, but be be present with it, but actually work on it and sit back and think, all right, what don't what do I what don't I know? Mm-hmm. Potentially I don't know enough about this. Well, let's go and just read what's happening out there, what's available, and see if that triggers anything. Because yeah. there might be grants that you're up for that you can claim. Yeah, all this potential. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, well, I start a business, I'm running, I've got in clients and all I'm be, I'm very busy marketing and clients are coming through and then I'm trying to keep on top of the paperwork. But what else is there to actually make it easier for me? Mm, oh, great tip. Yeah, I love that. So, yes, I'll, I'll put all this in the um, the show notes, ATO and looking at the different council websites. It's true. There's so much free support because, yeah. you know, that the rate of businesses failing in the first three years and then obviously increases yeah. as you go up. Uh, ultimately, yeah, the, the government, local, state, national government don't want these businesses to fail. So they're yeah. giving you all this great support that you just don't know that you, you yeah, it's available to you. Yeah. Um, and I, I guess the one, the big thing at the end of the day is you're in it for a reason. That reason might not always be financial, but make sure that you are getting a financial reward for the effort you are putting in. Yes, 100%. You don't want to be putting all this effort and realise, oh, I'm actually not paying myself anything. Yeah. Um, it's it, just a, playing it, with money, just like money, moving around money, and that's it, and you're not actually taking any home. If you're, if you're not paying yourself a commercial wage for what you're doing, I still like to see journals in the accounts, journals or a technical term. I li- still like to see when you look at a profit and loss, um, an item of expense for the differences to what you should be paid if you were being paid a professional commercial wage. Yeah. Just so that you can see, is my business actually running okay? Because if it's not, I hate to say it, unless it's giving you some real great lifestyle, you're better off going and getting a job. Yeah. (laughs) And at the moment, there's a lot of people looking for workers. You can actually find some fantastic companies that you can take your experience to. Yep, and still work from home, still have a little bit of flexibility, yeah. more than open to it, like I mentioned earlier. Um, yeah, running a business isn't for everyone, and, and I guess that's the harsh reality. Yeah. But if you are running a successful business and you've decided it's not enough, don't just close it, sell it. Mm. Sell that asset, that knowledge, that that goodwill that you've built up. Yeah, good point. Love this. This is really great. Lots of great <laughs> tips for the, anyone. Yeah, just starting out, growing, whatever it is. Um, so I have some questions, Joe, that I always ask yeah. my guests. And one of them is, what's the best form of marketing for your business? Best form of marketing is always um, my, yeah, um, my, my current clients. Yeah. They are the best people for going out. I mean, it, it, unfortunately, it's not consistent. But I tell you, everyone that you get a referral from a current client is a guaranteed customer. Mm. So they are the great, that's my great marketing. But yeah, for consistency, yeah, I need to knock on your door. (laughs) (laughs) Help each other out. Uh, Okay. We'll chat. 
Um, and how do you take care of your health and wellness? I actually, I, I guess having a family and having, I've got my, my girls are teenagers. They are now 15 and 16. And my health and wellness, I mean, I'm still doing a lot of running around, but they actually still see me take time out for myself. They encourage me that I'm, I'm not frightened for them to see when I need help so that they they realize that even as adults that they I do need help and they're there to look after me. But I actually, as a, my eldest daughter does fizzy dancing, BJP fizzy, and what, four years ago now when she joined this particular club, I joined as a novice lady yeah. and I get out there and I dance. <laughs> Yay, and I've been there. I was a fizzy girl and kid and mom, <laughs> woman for a while. And mom. But I wasn't, so I've come in as an adult not knowing yeah. this and I'll, I'll admit the age I've jumped now into the over 50s oh my god they still wipe my ass on the floor <laughs> oh my yeah some of still the splits and everything it's oh, no no I, we're not allowed to allowed to um, they yes. might be able to but they can't <laughs> yes to. yeah yeah they don't put it yeah they don't put it into the dances but there's some that can but yeah, but yeah so doing that and then I'm an animals I've got dogs well one dog now um but yeah taking that time and this time of year I love I love the crisp days. I love the colours of the leaves. Uh, it's just very mentally a, a good time of year for me. Fantastic. Love it. Um, and I'll put all the ways that people can connect with you in the show notes as well. So, yes, reach yes. out to Joe if you need a bookkeeper. If any of this is kind of ring true, like I actually don't know any of that stuff, yeah. uh, get the support because you want to make sure you're doing it right rather than messing it up on your own and yeah. finding out later in the ATO knocking your door. Uh, no, I'm sure you'll be fine, everyone. No scare not- tactics. If they do knock on your door, then give us a call because we can walk you through. They're not yeah. the big. They're not the big bad brother. They're just doing their job as well. Yeah, brilliant. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, thank you so much for joining us, Joe. Some great information there. Um, and thank you, dear listener, for tuning in. You can find show notes for the episode at marketingandme.com today. If you enjoyed listening, please subscribe and leave me a rating or review via Apple Podcasts or your podcast podcast platform of choice and grab a screenshot of this episode and share it across your socials to get the message out there if you're interested in connecting with me feel to reach out via linkedin just search for leanne shelton and let me know you're a fan of the show you can also find me on instagram under leanne shelton 247 or book in a free 15 minute chat because i'd absolutely love to chat about how i can help you grow a thriving health and wellness business Until next time, I wish you good health and good wealth.